and welcome everybody to episode 118 of the Regression to the Moon podcast. I am your host, Sean Moran. Joining me today, like he does every Monday afternoon, is my good friend and my co-host, Aiden Holler. Aiden, we're recording this, what, 4 p.m. on the uh, West Coast here, and it's like dark outside. I kind of liked it when we'd record and the sun would be out and we could kind of enjoy a, a nice late evening. But alas, it is officially, I'd say, real football season, getting dark at 5 p.m. Well, How are you doing today, man? I'm good. Yeah, it is, it is quite dark, like you said. Um, fantasy jail, daylight savings. It's just an absolute disaster, but... Feeling good, dude. I, I've been I've been fighting off the Justin Fields haters on on Twitter all day. Um, watching a lot of replays of his. He looked out great. against the Lions. So great, yeah, it's, it's just, just just another day being, being ten toes down for him. So uh, yeah, but other than that, man, I'm I'm fired up. It's it's pretty bleak out here on the waiver wire as we're gonna get into. But um, yeah, I'm excited to help um, help our guys here on a kind of wonky Thanksgiving week. Like the schedule is so weird, but like you get football like every day, which is pretty cool. So it is, I guess we are winners in that sense. Yeah, it's, so. it's very cool. On yeah. today's episode, we have our week 12 waiver wire targets with fab bids. As Aiden alluded, bit of a wonky waiver wire, pretty wonky schedule of games, football every day, which is kind of a dream come true, but we need to be strategic with the waiver wire. We need to be paying attention to the injury updates that are going to be coming up because, oh, this was a bad week for injuries, Aiden. I, I'm questioning why I even play fantasy football after the first quarter injuries that we had to deal with this week. And the waiver wire isn't necessarily turning over winners. Uh, Jake Browning, as it currently stands, may be able to keep Jamar Chase afloat, but I don't think you're going to be putting him in your fantasy lineup so it's pretty bleak i'm gonna i'm gonna be pretty um, point blank with you our, but our guy keegan is not is not uh optimistic about mr browning from the university of washington he isn't uh jake browning i think played pretty well all things considered not well enough to get a recommendation on this show but regardless we need to be able to show out for the mean team we need to get them recommendations we need to get your lineup stocked we need to get your lineup stuffed you're right because it's uh thanksgiving week you're going to be stuffed. that's nice i'm i'm on a roll here i'm on a roll that's here. that's good do we have bye weeks this week i don't think so right zero zero, zero buys this week week 13 oh, is hell though week 13 and week 14, is hell. And week 14 yeah. which is just why why yeah, it Gosh. doesn't really make sense. No, I think there's like six both of the oh, let me look real fast. Just peek ahead. There's yeah, six and thirteen. Only two and fourteen, actually. But n- next week's a doozy. It's a doozy well, in thirteen. We will be having a waiver wire episode next week for the mean team, as always. But before we dive into week twelve waiver wire, today's episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Fantasy drafts might be Jover, but you can still put your knowledge to the test and win cash prizes on Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy now has an exclusive offer for new customers. Not only will they double your deposit up to $100, they are offering a mystery pick'em special when you sign up using promo code RTM. First things first, Aiden, we got to get through the injury news. And <laughs> it's, uh, it it's a list. It's, it's a, a list here. List. I'm, I'm looking right. at a list here. First off, we have Joe Burrow out for the rest of the season. Jake Browning is going to be the immediate starter for the Bengals. Their playoff hopes probably it's it's dashed. damn near over, yeah, dude. The AFC dashed. is crazy this year. It is it's, I didn't see this one coming. 
Yeah, the uh, Bengals and Chargers probably aren't going to go to the playoffs. That's pretty crazy if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, TBD on if Jake Browning can do anything for the Bengals. We hinted that a little bit in the intro. I am of the opinion that he might be able to keep Jamar Chase as a wide receiver one. I find it I highly unlikely that he is going to be able to support both him and Higgins. So, nightmare. Nightmare. Uh, nightmare. Another nightmare here is Mark Andrews. He is out for the rest of the regular season. There was some optimistic news that he might be back for the playoffs, which is cool. I would love for Mark Andrews to get a extended look at the playoff run, but for fantasy purposes, he is probably done for the season. We'll have some options here to pivot off of. If you really are desperate at tight end and you have not had your trade deadline yet, I would recommend trading for one. If you're trying to, uh, if you're trying to really replace Andrews production, because the wire doesn't really have it in my opinion. Major injury to Geno Smith hurt his elbow. Aaron Donald hit him so hard. <laughs> Did you see that hit of when Aaron Donald hit Geno? I missed most oh, of the one PM dude. slate. I was I I was on the road, but um, dude. I I. I think he came back in now. He did. He came back in at the end of the game. Pete Carroll's saying he's probably going to play. Sounds like he's a game time decision. Must win matchup yeah. Thanksgiving night against the Niners. I would matchup. have to think Geno Smith suits up. I don't really think anyone here is starting Geno Smith unless you're in a two quarterback league. However, it does have downstream impact here to DK Metcalf, Jackson's been Jigba, Tyler Lockett. And then you've got Kenneth Walker here who hurt his oblique. Uh, he has had a slew of injuries in his two-year career, including he started off his rookie season with a core muscle surgery, um, oblique, core muscle. I don't know. I'm not a doctor here. I'm not a physical therapist, but they're pretty close to each other. My guess is Kenneth Walker misses time. Uh, are you yeah. aligned here on him missing time? Yeah, the report was pretty vague. It was like they don't suspect he's an IR candidate. But from what it looks like, he is going to miss some time. Um, so I think like Thursday is pretty much like certainty. Like he's going to miss um, how much beyond that. Yes, TBD. I think like they don't really have enough information or they might just be, you know, being a little coy before the Thursday night game to, you know, just play a bit of poker with the Niners. But he's not playing this week. Big boost for Zach Sharp, even though it's a brutal matchup. Aaron Jones injured his left knee. Looked like his season was over. He was crying on the on the uh, cart on the way out of on the, into the locker room. Looks like he avoided something serious. He most likely misses time, right? But doesn't seem I like would, his yeah. season's over, from my understanding. I don't know. We'll see. There's not much season left, and they're not a playoff team. Um, they're one so. game out, though. So they they definitely have the illusion that they can fight for a playoff spot. So. It's the I'm, the, I'm the NFC is is brutal. It's pretty bad. It's, it's pretty brutal. bad outside of like the top like three teams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Devon Achan looks like he re-injured his knee, but he doesn't need surgery and he's considered day to day. I don't think he plays on Friday, but no, I don't think so either. Doesn't sound like he's going to miss an extended period of time. Yeah. Dante Foreman ankle sprain. You got any insight on this? Is this a multi-week absence, Aiden? I don't think he's going to miss time. Um, he okay. came back in the game. Um, I don't know, though. I don't really think you want any of that backfield right now, though. Um, Herbert looked good. Roche, he looked Herbert great. looked good. Roshan averaged five yards a carry on a 33% snap share. Um, at this point, you're kind of playing Russian roulette on who's going to fall into the end zone, I think. And 
that's not a game that I think you should be willing to play this far in the season. So I think like Foreman was kind of a hero for a couple of weeks. Um, if you got him off, you know, he had a couple like top 10 running back finishes, which was awesome. So do I see him missing time? No. Do I think he's still a serviceable fantasy asset? Like, I don't know what to tell you. We've got three guys that I think are going to get kind of almost equal touches going forward, which as we know is just an absolute disaster for fantasy. Yeah, that backfield's going to be hard to to parse through. Um, it's good for real football. It's, yeah. it's not good for fantasy. Tyreek Hill injured his hand or wrist, came back and played, made a couple splash plays, and then didn't really do much for the rest of the game. I'd be shocked if Tyreek misses time, but uh, no. something yeah. to keep, keep, an eye, uh, keep an eye out on. And then Cooper Cup. It looks like he has a low right ankle sprain. Typically, that's like day a to one day. to two week absence. No. Uh, they're fighting for a playoff spot. <laughs> therefore i think they're five and six somehow now. Yeah, um, somehow they're a game out they're right there with the packers where a team that was like we just need to get hot like look we just saw the broncos were off four or five straight wins they were the worst team in football uh now yep. they just can't lose so anything could really happen I- i'm optimistic couple be fine but it's just tough to watch him deal with the injuries that he's dealt with over the past couple seasons yeah it's I don't know. It kind of almost just like fell off a cliff, like with these injuries with him the last two years. And it's just like a fat bummer, but like we've kind of just been overlooking his age. Um, and then we realized like he is just older too. And it's like this kind of just happens. So super unfortunate for Cooper Cup. Big boost for Puka. Joe Burrow, Mark Andrews, Geno Smith, Aaron Jones, Devin A. Chain, Kenneth Walker, Dante Foreman, Tyree Kill, Cooper Cup. That is absurd. We, that Watson is, was shut down this week, right? Watson was, was shut down. Week? Last week, I think we was it last week. Yeah, Watson's out. Was, You're talking yeah, about Deshaun I, Watson, the yeah, massage man. Yeah, I think it was like early last week, though, right? Like I don't. Yeah, so like, Dude, that's I think they to, shut him down like on a Wednesday. Like they just yeah, it was kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, pretty brutal, pretty dude. brutal week. This close to fantasy playoffs, um, especially with like I know a lot of the defaults for the trade deadline is um, this week. So like you have until you know, the end of Monday night football to make any trades for, um, you know, potentially if your uh, league is week 11, which, you know, a handful of mine are. So, yeah, tough to have some of these guys go down as you're kind of panicking to, uh, you know, try to scrounge together some assets before the the, uh, the final push here. Well, all-stars are hurt. All-pros are hurt. We're hurting, but the season doesn't stop for anybody. It's next man up. We got to hit the waiver wire. And we, we got to put our hat hats on. We got to grab our lunch pails and we got to get to work, Aiden. But before we dive it. into the wire, we want to thank you. We've made, what, 12 waiver wire episodes now, Aiden. We've had some ride or yeah. dies that have been with us the whole entire time. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being a part of the Mead team. Thank you for engaging with us. Thank you for being a part of this journey that we are undertaking. If you are new to this channel... But you've been to this channel and you're like, ah, I don't know, I like these guys. I watch the videos, but you haven't had a chance to subscribe. Go ahead, hit the subscribe button, like this video, drop any of your questions in the comments below, whether it be start sit questions, waiver wire questions, dynasty questions. Hit us with it all. We're always responding and engaging with you guys. This is why we do it. We've made over a hundred episodes, Aiden. We want to make a hundred more. And uh, we're trying to get to our goal of a thousand subs. It's a big deal for us. It allows us to monetize this channel and we make this channel free for you. And we're, we're trying to grow and make this into something. So we'd appreciate it if you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Aiden, you ready? 
running backs? Let's do it, man. Let's Yeah, let's get after it. So if you are new to our waiver wire show, typically we're looking for guys under 35% roster ship on sleeper. This late in the season, we're trying to give you the edge. We'll have some dart throws, but we're going to go with the meat and potatoes here. So if it's over 35%, we're scrapping it. We're just going to give you the best available options on the wire. Aiden, leading things off here, and and let me pull up our screen. Let's go to sleeper.com here. I'm pulling up the trending players right now on Sleeper. I have to imagine that the number one ad in all of fantasy right now is Zach Chardonnay. Yeah, rookie easy. running back here for the Seattle Seahawks, rostered in 51% of leagues. Uh, I don't know how long Kenneth Walker is going to be out for, Aiden. Could be a week, could be a month, you never know. But this guy has a checkered injured history, and the Seahawks love to establish the run. So with that combination, Zach Charbonnet, second-round rookie out of UCLA, seems like the ideal guy to catapult you <laughs> into the fantasy playoffs. Uh, he saw 84% of the snaps when Walker went down, and he looks like an immediate bell cow. He looks good, violent runner in between the tackles, as good as a wide receiver out of the backfield. The only problem with Charbonnet, the temper expectations, his next four matchups, he faces off against the 49ers, the Cowboys, the 49ers, and the Eagles. Dude, it's a gauntlet. It's like, it came at the worst time. In fact, we've all been kind of demanding more Charb all year, and now it's like, oh, God, like, we got it, but... It's it's gonna be tough for him. If Geno's hurt too, um, makes it even tougher. I'm gonna do have a Drew Lock, but he's gonna get you know the bell cow of those carries. I think, which is which is super exciting. What's super exciting about Charbonnet and why he's priority at, regardless of how bad these matchups are, and his schedule is brutal, folks. He has Tennessee after Philadelphia, which is a good run. D. Pittsburgh and Arizona. He he's very involved as a pass catcher. Six targets, six catches, 22 yards. We'd love to see more yards with his opportunities, but he reminds me a lot of like DeMarco Murray, Joe Mixon, big physical running back that can play all three downs. Uh, San Francisco, I'll tell you this, guys. They've been good against the run, but not amazing against the run. They've they've gotten gashed. Like Joe Mixon had a huge game against them. Um, you can Shot run I on just them. had a good game. You, yeah, you... <laughs> You can run on them. It's not the end of the world. Now, is it the end of the world in the sense like they're probably seven or eight point underdogs, right, to the Niners? That's not great. You don't want to be a, a big dog and be the starting running back on a team. But I think if Geno's out there, you're going to be able to start him comfortably. Dallas is a tough matchup. It's tough, but I mean, you're, you're looking at a guy who had 85% of the snaps and a player that was trending up over the past month. So th- this is a drop your entire fab. Like, I don't... This oh, yeah, this season, is yeah, this quick. is like yeah, yeah, this is let it sing. Um, you're getting a starting running back in week twelve on, you know, an offense that's underperformed, but dude's super talented. He got drafted in the second round for a reason. I've got two more running backs. How many do you have? Um I've got three. Okay. Um one's DJ Dallas, just to go on top of this. I think I would wait to see. Um, what type of time? Like, look at this picture. The, the, no, the sleeper pick's insane. I I was startled. Like, I know I've seen it this year, and I saw it's it. Again. I was like, relax. Um, so it it'd be nice to know what like the severity of Kenneth Walker's um, injury because 
DJ Dallas is going to get some snaps. Um, you know, that's just Pete Carroll. He's not going to feature one running back. And DJ Dallas has been the number three guy in that rotation all year. So um, I don't know. This is just kind of someone to monitor. I may not even be adding him, but um, just someone to be aware of as, you know, he could be the sharp to like Kenneth Walker going forward. Like um, in a perfect world, like Sharp's getting like 70% of the snaps though and really taking the majority of that going forward. But I just wanted to flag that one too as kind of a um, lesser option in that backfield. Any other options outside of the Seattle backfield? Yeah, um, this is a guy that I highlighted last week. It's Ty Chandler. Um, this feels like a kind of like mm, Jalen Warren and Najee Harris or Pollard and Zeke of last year. Like this is the more explosive running back in that backfield. We saw a pretty good game out of him this week. You see he's got back-to-back games now over 10 points. The dude had 73 yards on 10 carries. Good for dude, seven yards a clip. He clearly has way more burst than Alexander Madison out of the backfield. I know the Alexander Madison truthers will will come after me in the comments. Um, he's just really not that good, and and that's kind of what it is. Like it is what it is. He had a solid game, but it's just like it it's pulling teeth with him. It's 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 never easy. It's just like running into linemen. Um, I think this is the better person in that backfield, and I think he's starting to get rewarded with more touches, which is super exciting. Um, Caught all four of his targets, too, for 37 yards. So uh, looks to be a much bigger threat out of the backfield than Madison. Yeah. And, you know, if this continues to trend in the right direction, I wouldn't be shocked if we started seeing closer to a 50-50 split on him. So um, he's, you know, just past our kind of 35-40% threshold in terms of ownership. But um, if you lost a running back or even just need a bit of help or kind of a flyer going into playoffs... I think Ty Chandler is an awesome option. I think um, we're going to see him continue to get more touches out of that backfield. He's he's earned it, quite frankly. Yeah, Madison had one of the better games he's had all season. Um, I thought he looked really, really good on, on some of his runs. I think their run game is starting to, to figure it out. Where Chandler's mm-hmm. ultra-valuable is these four catches for 37 yards. Yep. yep. You're you're just you're going to take a nice that floor. It's a nice floor. It's like... It's like a five-point floor. Like you get a touchdown, some rushing yards on top of it. You're 10, 15 points weekly out of an RB2. I don't, I don't hate it. And he's rostered in 47% of sleeper leagues. DJ Dallas, 0%. Is Charbonnet, Zero. 51%. Uh, I, I like Ty Chandler. I think that's a great pickup. I think a lot of people picked him up last week. But if he's still out there, you should yep. grab him. A, a guy who's a little bit more of a deep cut. He's a handcuff play. You're not going to be able to oh. play him as a starter, but he's rostered in 24% of leagues, and and that's Elijah Mitchell, the uh, backup running back for the San Francisco 49ers. We saw Christian McCaffrey come off the field a little bit for the first time <laughs> this season, um, and Mitchell got some run, and he looked great. He had four carries for 24 yards, six yards of pop. I was really impressed. Uh, he was erasing angles. He looked like he had excellent burst. He looked really healthy, Aiden, probably for the first time all season yep. if you look at his chart it's just hilarious how many games he's missed with with knee sprains and knee issues it's not actually hilarious it's a bummer but it's hilariously predictable in the sense that you get your hopes up i don't think you're going to be able to start mitchell at all um cmc is the bell cow however if something were to happen to cmc i would die inside but if something were to happen to cmc elijah mitchell does look like he is clearly the backup to christian mccaffrey and he looks healthy so in that situation, he's obviously going to be competing with touches with Jordan Mason, but I feel really good about Elijah Mitchell at this point, rostering him at the end of your bench is kind of a lottery ticket. 
So you're not going to get that starter ability that you get with Ty Chandler and Zach Charbonnet, which would be high priorities in my opinion on the wire. But with Mitchell, you know, you could dole out two to five percent, very limited uh, investment of your fab. Maybe not even put in a bid, and you could bring him on your roster. And if you have CMC, get him on your roster like now. Uh, he's yeah, the direct I'm, backup. I'm probably only owning him if I have CMC um, personally, but it depends what your room looks like. Um, did you see the interview with Kyle Shanahan when they asked him why Grant Jordan Mason? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was Grant like Because he's behind two other running backs. Two guys would have it's to be like hurt. He, it, it was pretty funny. Kyle was just like, dude, just, he's the third string running back. Like, what do you want from me? Um, <laughs> no, I, I thought it was funny. But no, this is a good shout. Um, yeah, it wouldn't be surprising to it if they maybe just like ease up on the CMC usage, kind of get him a bit fresh for playoffs. Um, so maybe it's someone that, uh, yeah, starts to get a bit more touches in a pretty high flying offense over the last couple of weeks here before fantasy playoffs. Take out an insurance policy if you have CMC or take out an insurance policy yeah. against a CMC owner, right? It's it's just if you have a spot to play with at the edge of your bench and you're set, yeah, I you love got a bench. bench. Yeah. Another guy wow. that's really interesting, and this was a favorite you're of yours it. heading into the season, is, is Samaje Piran. Uh, <laughs> this backfield's a mess. 36% of the snaps. I think everyone gets a touch, right? Between McLaughlin, uh, P. Ryan, and Javante, with Javante being the lead back. I think yep. Jaleel plays on third down, but Samaje plays in the hurry-up offense. Like That's kind of the sense that I was getting watching that game and looking at the, yeah. the usage. However, the Broncos are kind of always in comeback mode. And Russell Wilson's kind of checked down Charlie. So it's creating this situation where Samaje Pirine is just getting force fed targets here. Um, he's had back pretty to, cool. Yeah, it's, he's pretty cool. He's he had back to back games over seven fantasy points last week, 3.7. A lot of this came on that final drive, but he had seven receptions for 60 yards. He's got matchups against Cleveland, Houston, the Chargers, Detroit. These are a lot of opportunities where I think the Broncos could be like in comeback mode, pass the ball mode. Uh, so he has standalone viability, in my opinion. Uh, again, deep flex for maybe bye week hell. But if something were to happen to Javante or Jaleel McLaughlin, and for some reason this backfield consolidates into two guys, and a Pirine's one of the other guys, you're looking at a, a guy who could catch like five passes a game because he's already catching two to three. And if you bump that up to to five or six, we're talking about a guy you could probably start in a pinch. Uh, so yeah. I, I don't see a ton of ceiling with Samaje Pirine, but I think he's quite interesting uh, as a guy you could pick up probably for free. What are your thoughts on Pirine, Aiden? Yeah, I like him. Um, I was probably way too high on him in the offseason. As um, we all know, I thought he was going to take Javante Williams' job, um, and that was not the case. So that's that's a big old carton of milk on my end but yeah he's he's a great pass catcher um they're paying him you know a pretty decent amount of money and yeah he's, he's reliable out of the backfield so um yeah kind of negative game scripts would definitely help him as like you said it feels like they are playing from behind quite a bit um but he's worth rostering 19 percent is a bit too low but also you know devil's advocate the three-headed monster kind of like we talked about with chicago is it it's just hard, you know. It's it's very week to week in terms of what the script looks like, who's you know scheming up more touches. So, um, I, you know, I would this much is one two percent. I'd rather I'd much for rather sure Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell because yeah, Mitchell's me... just an upside play, right? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Any other running backs before we transition to wide receiver? 
Yeah, the last one, this is a little high, um, but just going off one of the entries we talked about, A.J. Dillon's only owned in 60% of leagues, oh, yeah, um, which is, you know, that's too low. Um, their third string running back actually also got hurt. Um, what was his name? <laughs> I was way. looking at it. Emmanuel Wilson, a uh, rookie. So, you know, they play on Thursday. Um, I think we're looking at A.J. Dillon and probably someone getting elevated from the practice squad as the running backs this week 29 against the chargers run yeah oh and it's not a great matchup detroit's been pretty stingy um so i wouldn't be doing cartwheels if you're an aj Dillon owner because this guy it's just like you'd have two three yards of carry you'd have to start Um, him if he got but but you have to start him yeah yeah you have to start him um he's going to be the primary ball carry there so yes 61 percent if for whatever reason maybe you're in i don't know eight man league or something he might be out there anything probably 10 to 12 he won't he shouldn't be there, um, but go check your waivers for him. Um, I'm expecting Aaron Jones to miss a couple weeks just from, yeah, the reaction in the cart and everything. So, um, yeah, again, 61%. I'm I'm cheating quite a bit on this one, but uh, worth flagging. I'd get aggressive with Fab with A.J. Dillon. It's not going to be oh, pretty. Oh, oh 100%. Yeah, plug, you, you plug him in to your lineup. It's like Sharp. Like I'm, I'm probably dropping almost all of my remaining Fab, depending on how much you have. Transitioning to wide receivers, I think it makes sense. We're already on the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. I'm going to make this recommendation again. Every single week. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop, Aiden, with my my sweet prince, Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed scores over 19 fantasy points for the second consecutive week. I don't know if he's the best wide receiver, like skill-wise, yet in this receiving core, but he's now the wide receiver 35 on the season. He scored double-digit fantasy points in four out of five games. The targets are grossly distributed in this offense. I saw, like, I think Mike Clay had it out there. I think six guys have between 13 and 15 targets over the past, like, two to three games. I forget, like, the exact particulars, but it it looked like the Redskins. I mean, I'm sorry, the Commander's offense. Don't cancel me. Don't cancel me. (laughs) I looked like the... Oh, no. No. Uh, It looked like the Commander's offense. Um I don't know if Reed is the guy quite yet, but I think he's emerging. Um, 69% of the snaps, most he's yeah. played since week eight. Had a sick end-around rushing touchdown. Uh, yeah, I he had... Uh, I, I, I don't show it. I think he had four or five carries, which is cool, too. Um, he's, he's kind of starting to get, like, the Debo role from a couple of years ago, um, where they're just getting him the ball, like, however they can, which is pretty exciting. Wow, if Aaron Jones is hurt. Yeah, he could. Dude, oh, who knows? Wow. Like they, they might even give him some touches, like out of the backfield. You know, like some like speed sweeps, um, stuff out on the outside. You know, like crack sweep. But he um, scored his second rushing touchdown of the season this uh, this week. Uh, he had yeah, three, it was three I, carries. I, I don't uh, think he got touched. Yeah, I don't think he got touched on it. He three just, carries, forty six rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown on top of four of six for forty six. Yeah, I, that's a good shout. I I would not be surprised if he gets. A, a little love, right? a little yeah, a little Jordan Love. <laughs> Jordan Love driving fast. Um, <laughs> oh, inside joke. Uh, who's your Who's your next receiver here? I was gonna highlight Dobbs here as well. Um, it's not sexy at all, but like the dude pretty much scores like every week. Um, all three wide receivers scored this week, which was like kind of a pain in the ass but i guess it was cool but dobbs i don't know he he he's the red zone guy um i think like we've seen touchdowns this year jordan love really trusts him i think like he is his most trusted 
red zone target. Um, and it's really not even close. So again, we're, we're cheating a bit. Um, I think Reed is closer to like 40%. Reed's we're at 61% here. Dobbs is yeah, 61%. but yeah, I don't know, man. He's a pretty consistent, like, you know, five targets a game. At least, you know, one or two of those are going to be in the red zone. And he's coming down with them. He's, you know, big bodied guy, 6'2", 204 compared to more of a fun size Jaden Reed. So, um, yeah, I don't know. This Packers offense is weird. Um, granted, they did play the Chargers, but yeah. like, you know. Interesting. It's, you know. And I figure they're going to be playing from behind against Detroit. Um I don't see this going well on the scoreboard for the Packers, which could bode well for uh, the uh, Packers pass catchers this week. So I don't know. It's interesting. He just keeps scoring touchdowns, man. It's like, yeah, like you said, seven touchdowns is can't 13 targets against Detroit in week four. And he had 18.5 fantasy points. Second highest output of the year uh, for for Dobbs. Yeah. He's a nice little, flex play if you're starting two wide receivers great bye week guy honestly totally in there. totally I, i'm i'm in on him as a bye week guy i've got yep. a bogo i've Rip got a bogo it. here we uh, like a good bogo I on this show it. we are <clears throat> i have odell beckham and rashad bateman as two guys worth picking up beckham's rostered in 40 40 percent of sleeper leagues bateman 17 percent don't know the status of, of obj's shoulder so we're recording here it is monday the you know the 20th around 5 p.m. Like we don't even know the Monday night game hasn't even happened yet. Um, but OBJ is clearly, I think, consolidated is the number one or one A or one B, however you want to break it at, at receiver in this lineup. Um, he's pretty wild. 11 pretty fantasy wild. points, three weeks in a row, four for 116. He had seven targets in week 11. Uh, clearly is developing some sort of chemistry here with Lamar. The reason why I think he's, Definitely worth picking up if he's out there. Mark Andrews is out for the rest of the year, and Mark Andrews is what five, six targets per game, and five yeah. to six red zone targets per game. You have to imagine Isaiah likely gets two to three of those, but we're seeing more looks here. And Zay Flowers has looked good, but I think there's a lot of opportunity for either Beckham or Bateman to really establish themselves. Bateman catches a touchdown last week, only two targets, 10 yards. Bateman's coming off the list, Frank injury. I think it's definitely an adjustment. He's trying to get his athleticism back. He's shown some flashes on tape. I think they're both worth the risk. Bateman's more of a stash, in my opinion. Beckham at this point is somebody, if you're really, really hurting, you can maybe start. They have a bye week, week 13. My guess, though, is he probably doesn't play against the Chargers. And if that's the case, Bateman's very interesting. Very, very interesting if uh, Beckham doesn't play. What are your thoughts on the uh, the duo in Baltimore that we have? Yeah, the OBJ emergence um, is not something I saw coming. I think, but I think like just to highlight both of these guys, it just feels like they're both like finally like fully healthy again. Like they both came back from various injuries um, from 2022. And yeah, like the Mark Andrews targets have to be spread out. We'll get into his replacement later, I'm sure. Um, but these are two interesting guys. I, I would probably lean OBJ out of the two of them, but you know, Bateman's quite a bit younger, has more of that like game breaking speed still. So um I don't know. Which one do you lean here? I I think I've got to give the nod to OBJ, but like I'm I'm not, you know, heavy either way here. What's crazy is is Bateman plays more snaps 
but OBJ is getting targeted way more. Um, I have to imagine it's OBJ. That's just where the targets have been going. Yeah, I think so too. So I think at the end of the day, Zay Flowers is the big winner. I think he's going to benefit the most, but you have to think some targets are going to trickle down to one of these two. And I, I my guess is OBJ. Uh, they paid him $15 million. He's clearly gotten targeted when he's out there. Uh, it's very similar underlying metrics as a flowers so far this season. So yeah, both are worth an ad. In my opinion, the last receiver that I have here, Aiden, I got Elijah Moore. Did you Whoa. have uh, Elijah Moore? No, I did not. Uh, Elijah Moore's rostered in 47% of sleeper leagues back to back weeks with seven targets, uh, 15 fantasy points in week 10 against Baltimore, 11 in week tw- oh, 11. I mean, 12 points in week 11 against Pittsburgh. My thinking here is these, the Dorian Thompson Robinson Browns offense is going to be a little bit of a check down underneath offense. I, I don't think he is going to be able to connect on a lot of deep shots. And I think Amari Cooper is really going to struggle. But we saw in this game that David Njoku and Elijah Moore were targeted a ton. Um, you know, he's he's like a low A dot slot guy, right? But I think he's going to connect a little bit more at DTR because this is going to be a little bit more of a dink and dunk offense. What are your thoughts on Elijah Moore? Yeah, I think that's pretty good logic. Um, the last couple of weeks are definitely encouraging. He kind of posted a couple of stinkers before then. And yeah, you know, has gone over 10 points back to back weeks. Seven targets is is pretty cool. Um, we'll see who DTR gravitates to. I also think, you know, there's obviously the chance that Joe Flacco um, takes the reins in this offense, which at that point, who knows what that means? Could be some deeper shots, could help oh, Amari again. But yeah, I like Elijah. It's um, He's trending in the right direction, what feels like for the first time all year in back to back games. Didn't he? Elijah Moore play with he played with Flacco last year on the Jets. He did. Yeah, he did. He, did he, he didn't do much. No, did not do much. <laughs> did not do much. much. So uh, who knows what that means for him? But <laughs> wow, yeah, DTR was was keeping him busy this week, which is cool against a, a pretty solid Pittsburgh secondary too. What other receivers do you have this week? Yeah, the first one I wanted to highlight um, is Jamison Williams. Um. The stats don't jump off off the page. Uh, in my opinion, you know, he caught two balls, 44 yards and a well, touchdown. I like but this. that's what I wanted to highlight is the snap share. I think they're starting to trust him a bit more. Um, I think one thing to look back at actually was the previous week on that David Montgomery run and kind of hustling downfield, getting that block. Um, I think kind of just like buying into the offense there. I think um, they're just trusting him a bit more. It's like, this guy's 22 years old. He's still so young. Um, has had a pretty rocky start to his career, but the snap share, like you um, highlighted right away, you, like you beat me right to it, I think is pretty encouraging. Um, they're kind of begging for a wide, like a, a second wide receiver to emerge there. Josh Reynolds had you know success early on, but has been pretty quiet since. Obviously, you've got Laporta and the running backs doing their thing, but um, I think there's I think there's an opportunity for him to emerge. And, you know, kind of find his stride at the end of this year going into next. So um, that's someone I'm interested in. I think um, obviously his deep ball threat, too, is exciting. You know, he could give you 10 points in one given play. Glass half empty. He only has 11 catches in his career. Glass half full. He has three touchdowns on 11 catches. So the guy's clearly a big play threat. 
they're going to give him like they're going to keep giving him chances, especially, you know, he's in the right place doing the right things. Um, you know, Dan Campbell rewards his guys. So I thought that was a good one to shout. Um, the last one I had is the torture chamber. Um, no. <laughs> and this isn't one that I really expected. Um, no. I like, you know, like you figured with Kyler coming back, this was going to be, you know, like Marquise Brown is back. Um, and that really hasn't been the case. Unfortunately, Greg Dortch led the team in targets this week. Um, the guy had eight targets, caught six of them for 76 yards. Um, so again, not not the biggest fantasy output. You're looking at about 13, 14 points there. Rondale Moore caught his only target for a touchdown. Um, I know we all saw the highlight there. And then Marquise Brown was just behind him, which I want to say about six or seven targets off the top of my head. So this is pretty interesting. Um, I don't know, like eight targets is is definitely something to look at. Nothing the week prior. So maybe this is just a one week um, kind of wonder from uh, Michael Wilson being out. But regardless, I test Dortch looked awesome. Like, just yeah, he, he looked, looked really explosive. good. Like the routes are good. He's catching balls. Um, you know, Breaking he's in tackles. the right place. So, yeah, I, I think it's someone to highlight. Like, I think this Cardinals offense is going to go on a run, especially for fantasy purposes. Train so it's pride, just kind of figuring Kyler yeah, Murray, Trey Brad, take me home. They won't take him off the field, but <laughs> one of these wide receivers have to be relevant. It's you know likely Marquise Brown, but hell, man, Dorch did lead lead the team in targets and you know pretty good output. So you know one two percent. This is another light bid, but um, got to show some love to the Dorcher Chamber. So in terms of bids, Jaden Reed highest bid, right? I mean, I think you get yeah super aggressive with Jaden Reed. Yeah, yeah. Same yeah. with Romeo Dobbs. He's a great bid. Um, I bought Jaden Reed like thirty percent. Dobbs like fifteen twenty. The the Ravens yep. crew what like five like to ten percent. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, five to like eight, ten like most three to five. Elijah Moore, I'm, I'd be willing to bid up a little bit on Elijah Moore. Uh, I like him. I agree. Like seven I'd, eight percent, ten percent. Yeah, I was maybe. gonna say around eight, then maybe around five for the last two, maybe even a little less to be honest. Jameson's interesting. I, I think they would have to start passing the ball more for him to hit home, but I like him as a stash. And then Dorch, yeah. probably get him for free. Pick him up, see if last week was yeah. an aberration, and then yeah. uh, and then you know cut bait. Yeah. Really quickly here, moving on to quarterbacks. I have two. We probably have the same two, right? Yep, Jake Browning. You have Jake Browning. It's worth noting, dude. Okay. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of nice cars in that garage. To where I think he could potentially be relevant. Like he's worth at least rostering. Um, I feel like people are, are like giving him a lot of shit. And like he was really good in college. He was a Heisman finalist his sophomore season. He threw for over 40 touchdowns at Washington that year. His junior and senior seasons were, you know, they were fine. Um, but this is a guy that's like played a lot of good football. It's not, you know, a one-hit wonder out of a you know Mountain West school like this guy. It's not like Tim Boyle. Played a ton of football. You're not. Yeah, it's not two touchdowns. It's not Tim Boyle. So um, <laughs> obviously, Bal- Baltimore is a tough matchup. Like this isn't. He came in losing to a top three defense, and they're like, "Go get him, Jake." Um, so was, I think Pittsburgh's fine. Like I, I, I thought he was were, fine too. Forty rushing yards. He looked. He was yeah. under duress. He had forty rushing yards. He took a couple sacks that were bad because he just staring at his yeah. receiver. But he threw a garbage time touchdown. There are a ton of horses in this garage. Yep. This offense has good play calling. It's shown to have good play calling. I don't know if I'm ready to pick him up in two QBs, like two QB leagues or Superflex. You got to pick him up, right? Like, two QBs, yes, absolutely. Yeah, you got to. Just to see what you got out of him. 
Yeah. Uh, but forty rushing yards was sick. He he looked mobile. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him yeah. that. I'm gonna no, give him I'm that. not like this week's his audition. I I have like zero sway either way with Jake Browning, but you're looking at a starting quarterback um, in a two QB league. Absolutely pick him up. Like this is a guy that's going to start every week. Like they're not, there's no one else, but you Jake, it's, it's, it's kind of Jake or nothing in that offense. So um, yeah, it's worth noting. My quarterbacks that I have here, I've got Jordan love is my priority at a quarterback uh, QB 11 on the season, averaging 18 fantasy points per game. Basically been a fringe QB one all year, kind of hovering in that like eleven to fourteen range uh, per per week. Uh, he has a pretty soft schedule rest of season. He's got Detroit, Kansas City, New York Giants, Tampa Bay, Carolina Panthers, Minnesota Vikings, Chicago Bears. I gotta think this is like the ideal replacement for Joe Burrow if you just lost him. It, yeah, it's not sexy. It's not CJ Stroud sexy, right? Uh, in terms of what he can do to your lineup, but. He's been pretty solid. I, I like 15, 14, 13, 16, 20. You'd like to see those 15s be 17s, but it's been better like Geno Smith. And he has one, two, three, four games over 20 fantasy points. I don't know. You got you to gotta take it, right? I, it's it's pretty bleak out there right now. Yeah. The rushing upside, too, is um. Is, yeah, he has is a nice rushing the- floor. The last two weeks, he really hasn't gotten loose on the ground. But, you know, the weeks prior, 20, 30, 30, yeah. 39, like, you know, there's there's some upside there. So, yeah, it's, you know, you're not looking at, like, top five QB upside with Jordan Love. But, you know, plug in a, you know, 10 to, like, 15 QB finish every week. And, you know, yeah, it's not it's not the worst outcome. Other guy I have is Baker Mayfield. Kind of a rough week against the Niners. You know, it's yeah, kind of, but, you saw it coming. Yeah, but, right. QB 15 on the season, averaging 16.5 fantasy points per game before face planning against the Niners. He had three consecutive top 10 finishes. I will say I watched him play. He looked pretty good. Like He he was making some pretty good throws. Um, They were a little overmatched, in my opinion, just up front. It was pretty difficult, but he's got matchups against the Colts, the Panthers, the Falcons, the Packers, the Jaguars, the Saints, the Panthers. Definitely some startable weeks in there for Baker. So... I feel pretty good about Baker. Uh, he's been a pretty steady recommendation on this channel throughout the season. Yeah, we've said his name quite a bit, and he kind of keeps hovering around our like, 35%, 40% yeah. ship. So it's, again, like you could do a lot worse. But Jordan I'd, Love. I'm, uh, yeah, sorry, what were you saying? I was going to say I'd, I'd, I'd probably rather have Jordan Love just due to the um, kind of like rushing upside, yeah. but Baker's got better like He's got better weapons, so I don't know. A flip a coin. Jordan Love, 46% rostered. Jake Browning, 0%. That'll climb. Baker Mayfield, 48% rostered. I mean, probably 10 to 15% on Love, maybe, for rest of season. 5 to 10 on Baker, 0 to 5 on Browning. What do we think? Nice round numbers. You like that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Tight ends real quick and get out of here. Yep. I, I got two quick hitters. I'm guessing we both have Isaiah Likely. Isaiah likely. Yep. He's, you know, he's cheating again. He's at 63%. Uh, That's insane. He's already at wait. Wait, no, he's at 6% rostered. Who was I looking at that at 60? All right. I have got that right. Wow. That's lower. Okay. Um, I must've been looking at someone else. Yeah. 6%. Go get Isaiah likely. Um, I've got to assume he's going to be pretty involved. You know, there's so many, you know, tight end specific, like schemed up plays. And um, he obviously plugs into that athletic pass catching uh, tight end there. 
And the other one I had was Donald Parham. Um, wow. Good. Quietly one. good outing. Good outing. I, I don't know how much I haven't looked into the Gerald Everett injury, to be honest. I don't know how much longer he's out, but you know, decent little outing from him. He, he dropped a pass, but um, caught four or six of his targets for 57 yards. Kind of similar to like what we talked about earlier. Like this offense is begging for like a second option begging. to step up in this passing game. Quinn Johnson's a disaster. Um, you've got Guyton, whatever. It's like we need a second pass catcher. Stone and smart. his frame's pretty awesome. Stone yes. smart. <laughs> How, I I looked at our our buddy Shane, um, who's a our our a resident Chargers fan. I was like, who is this guy? Stone who's smart. this guy that just caught a fifty yard touchdown? Um, so Stone smart. Uh, uh, unbelievable, yeah, but brutal. Donald Parm, I feel like, has been a guy that like Chargers Twitter has been like hyping Loves up for it. years. Um, they love duty six eight two thirty seven, like massive Huge. frame. So um, who knows? Maybe he emerges as you know, like a number two three option in that offense um, alongside Keenan. So yeah, Donald Parm's a good one. Two guys that I have I've got Michael Mayer, eighteen percent rostered, back to back games with five targets clearly has a rapport with Aiden O'Connell. Eight points, 10 points back-to-back weeks. It's not great, folks, but what are you going to do? At least Mary's got some pedigree. He's looked pretty good. Kate Otten, too. Uh, Kate Otten has had five targets or more. I had to double-check this. He's had five targets or more in four out of his last five games, including three games with six-plus targets. Um. He gave me like a donut in week 10. So me and Kate aren't really on speaking terms right now. <laughs> he gave but, me three, um, two for 10. Yeah, uh, it was, but yeah, he's involved. I mean, he, he's, he's involved. involved. He's involved. Yeah. Just, that's Which that's is all exciting. it is at this point. He's like the third or yeah. fourth option, but he's involved. Yeah. Uh, he gets his yeah. targets and he's on the field, like basically the whole entire game. So exactly. you could do worse than Kate Otten. Michael Mayer has been over 80% snaps, like five six out of the last seven weeks too. So Michael Mayer is a full-time player. Kate Otten's a full-time player. Donald Parham is like a, is he the second best option in this offense type guy? And then likely, likely is very interesting in my opinion, intriguing. Uh, he didn't do much in the one game Mark Andrews missed. Um, and he hasn't done too much this season, but we all know La- Lamar loves tight ends. So he does love his tight ends, B- big bodies, especially down in the red zone. Um, yeah. He, he likes that. All these guys, maybe likely 10%. You could get aggressive with likely, you know, make a bet. That's the only one I would get aggressive with. Yeah. Um, I would check on the Everett injury before really doing anything significant with Parham as once he's back, he he really takes a backseat role. And then the other two, I'm I'm going like at 5%, if that, um, on Mayor or Cotton, or not Cotton. I, I guess Cotton uh, kind of works. You've got Cotton. You've got a yeah. You've got a Week Twelve matchup with the Chargers for likely a buy, and then I don't know. We'll see. I wouldn't get too aggressive with likely, but if you have some fab and you're really trying to replace Mark Andrews, I it's pretty logical to try and take a right dice roll. You might get burned, yeah. but I think it's worth the risk. Yep, I agree. That's it. Week Twelve waivers. We did it, Aiden. In the books. In the books. Oh, who's gonna win? Chiefs, Chiefs or Eagles? Um, it's in Kansas City, correct? Yeah, I would bet the Chiefs win this game. Um, for the bye, please. I think they've the just got a much better defense. Um, but we'll see. We will see what happens tonight. I th- I think it's gonna be an awesome game. Um, kind of similar to how the Super Bowl shook out. So I'm 
I'm just hoping for good football. I'm I'm Rob Lowe tonight. All right, dude. Appreciate you hopping on. As always, go Justin Fields. Go Bears. Yep. All right, appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Until next time.